Today on the Dynasty Rewind, we talk running backs to avoid and who you should target instead. All that and more starting now. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everyone. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. Joining me, like always, my faithful co-host, Nate the Professor Christian. Nate, what's up, man? I'm here. I'm here, Mike. I'm here. I made it back. We uh, I, we we lost me in the last podcast. I'm here for this podcast. We're good. We missed you. Also joining me, we got Chev and Nooney. Chev, what's good, man? Doing good. You know, I learned that Bob is kind of like Nick Saban. He doesn't like those blacklist players or those depth charts. So I'm going to be better, Bob. I'm sorry about that, man. I did make the blacklisted part of the uh, show sheet bigger. So it does talk good. a little bit more. You know what it is? It's the white lettering on the black background. For whatever reason, I just like skim over it. I can't explain why. I know I shouldn't. I have a tendency to skim over things when I read them, too. Like my wife's text messages. Oops. <laughs> Well, you know what? She can't just send me one text. It's like this and then another and then another and another. Mm-hmm. It's like four or five different things. So I just text back, okay. <laughs> I'll get to that later. I'm avoiding her just like these certain running backs. Ooh. You know what I mean? Okay. Segway King strikes again. So listen, the fact of the matter is the running back is quite a fluid situation in fantasy football. As is right now, it is in the NFL. We see that. Jonathan Taylor screwing me in all those startups that I took him four games on the pup. He's still a Colt. That's how it is. Sell Evan Hall, I guess. Here's your sell window for Evan Hall. We're talking about guys that were not sold on for 2023. We're selling or avoiding. We're also going to talk about, hey, we can't just sell this guy. Here's who we would rather have and why. So, Nate, your two favorite things going first and running backs. Let's kick it off with you, my friend. Yep. Um, I'm sorry to say this because I like the story, but I am avoiding and Isaiah Pacheco, you know, and it's not because I don't like Isaiah Pacheco. I know, you know, but the situation is not great. You know, I like to look at it with wide receivers. A lot of times talent's going to shine through no matter what. Um, and in the situation, you know, if you have a good talent, go to a situation of wide receiver room, it's not going to matter running backs. You know, you can have good talent, but, there's so much good talent in the backfield right now that if the situation's not good as well and the situation's not great, it really hurts a running back fantasy football. And that's what's really happening here with Isaiah Pacheco. There's just way too many you know, other competitors in that backfield who are trying to get touches. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I know we're over CEH, but he averaged a 45% snap share last year um, for the first seven weeks of the season. And then once he was out, that's when Isaiah Pacheco came on and basically took his role because Jarek McKinnon's snap share – was consistent from week one to the through the playoffs, basically. It was consistent. Jarek McKinnon had a very clear role in that offense, and CEH and Isaiah Pacheco were just the other half. And with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire healthy, I know he's not going to take over and be the RB1 on the team or anything like that, but he's going to be part of that rotation. And he's going to be splitting his snaps with Isaiah Pacheco. Jarek, Mc, you know, Jarek McKinnon is going to continue to get his snap share. I don't think either one of those guys go – and affect Jared McKinnon's snap share because Isaiah Pacheco wasn't really a great pass catcher. There was only two games last year where he had more than two catches. 
He's not a receiver. He only had over 100 scrimmage yards twice last year, only for 101 yards, 107 yards. So he's not creating a ton of big plays, not a lot of big stats. He only had two games over 15 carries, so he's not getting a ton of volume. He had multiple games between like 10 and 15 points, and it made him pretty consistent. But if he loses any volume, he becomes someone that's not going to be in your flex spot this year. And I just want to avoid Isaiah Pacheco, who has those question marks around the volume he's going to get because he's not going to get anything in the receiving game. And the, that carry volume is going to be you know, really murky this year. So, guys, you know where I'm going with this. I'm transitioning like literally to like the next ranked running back, and that is Tank Bigsby. I'm going for Tanks Bigsby. I know I talked about him already. I got to talk about him last podcast. I get to talk about it this podcast. But this is the time. Blacklist right now. Right, right before the season <laughs> so that I get it all in. You guys know that Tank Bigsby's good. Uh, he's likely to see similar snapshot to Isaiah Pacheco, if not more, by the end of the season. He's going to get receiving work that Isaiah Pacheco is not. You know, if we're looking at Isaiah Pacheco as 12 carries a game and maybe two targets, Tank Bigsby's going to be locked into that by midseason, I think. And I think Tank Bigsby's just a better player. Um, than Isaiah Pacheco, to be quite honest. And he's also a day two rookie with draft capital versus a round seven player like Pacheco. Um, Early declare, productive SEC runner, uh, 8.33 relative athletic score. So Tank Bigsby, he's up there. He's going to have a really good season, but you guys all know that. Other running backs I would uh, transition to from Pacheco include uh, Kendra Miller. We talked about him last episode as well. Alvin Kamara uh, from a competitive team. And you know what? DeAndre Swift is around the same area as Pacheco in rankings. And I would take DeAndre Swift, who has struggled somewhat staying on the field, but when he's there, he's productive. He gets that receiving work. I'll take someone who's going to get receiving work over someone who's limited to just carries. Yeah, let's not forget. Isaiah Pacheco played at Rutgers. Didn't really do a lot, but then again, Rutgers sucks. And you know what? Yeah. Come at me, Rutgers fans. Win a game or two. <laughs> you know, win two games in a season and you can come at me, Rutgers fans. Look, I don't disagree, especially when you consider Isaiah Pacheco finished the – we're talking about recency bias. Clyde Edwards-Alaire did start the season pretty decently. CEH finished his running back 46 last year. Jarek McKinnon finished his running back 20. And Isaiah Pacheco, who people are clambering all over – clambering? Hammering? Whatever. Sure. He finished clambering. his running back 37. So Jarek McKinnon – finished one spot ahead of DeAndre Swift. Jarek McKinnon putting in that receiving work, 71, yeah. I'm sorry, 56 catches for 512 yards and nine touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Just goes to show how important receiving work in is for it running is. backs in, in PPR leagues. And that shows trust between Mahomes and between McKinnon. It's a very important thing. I'm on board with this, Nate. I completely agree. You know, I do like Pacheco if I could get him cheap enough, and I feel like he's a guy that could help me push. But for what you're putting out there, I agree with you completely. Chev, what are your thoughts here? This is one of those perfect instances where you draft a player late and you sell him for higher value than you bought him for. So I love it. I'm I'm, I'm with you. There's just too many backs to feed. Then you have Patrick Mahomes that's going to be throwing the ball a lot as well. So I'm all in. I agree, Nate. Thank you. Right. Yes, sir. I, although I will say where you were drafting Isaiah Pacheco, you know, basically anything you're getting for him at this point, you are really yeah. cashing in on the value. I had a couple yeah. of shares, got him in like the fifth round. I was like, yeah, I'll take a guy going to the Chiefs, you know, I'll take a flyer on him. Um, but um, yeah, who was the guy that they drafted in the sixth round one year and I was crazy about Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson, a lot Oof. of second round picks. Spent on Darwin Thompson. Learn from my mistakes, everybody. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here. Chef, what is the running back that you are avoiding or 
selling. I see it. The listeners can't, but I love where your head's at. Yeah, and this is a guy that I honestly think his ADP is pretty in, in a good spot, but it's James Cook. He's going off DLF as running back 25 in Superflex rankings for Dynasty. My problem is I do I just don't know what the usage is going to look like in the red zone. I mean, we have Damian Harris that is there now. We have Josh Allen, who he's rushed for over 700 yards the last two years. He's rushed for over seven touchdowns in those span. I just don't think they don't continue his success down there in that red zone and even rushing the football in any way that he can. Also, I mean, they didn't have a bunch of rushing attempts last year either. They finished 19th in rushing attempts. I just don't see where James Cook gets enough usage in that offense to be worthy just because I don't think he gets a lot of touchdowns either. You know, Mm -hmm. he did look very good rushing the football last year. I think he averaged over five yards a carry. Really great for him. I just don't think the touchdowns are going to add up for him. I don't know if the usage is going to add up for him. He should see an uptick, I imagine, in receiving the football with Devin Singletary out. But I am just really turned off uh, of James Cook at this point. I just don't see where he gets the success. Guys that I'm targeting right around that same area, Zach Charbonnet, you know, I think he does see a bunch of good value in the passing game. Antonio Gibson as well. I mean, we've seen him be a top 12 running back in fantasy. Obviously, Brian Robinson is there now, but I still think Antonio Gibson in that offense that could replicate what the Chiefs were trying to do last year, I think he can be a good asset and be somewhere around where McKinnon maybe finished last year, even better. So I I think his rushing upside is a little bit better than Jarek McKinnon at this point in his career. I, you know, I just think they have more opportunities, more opportunities to score touchdowns as well. So I don't hate where James Cook's being valued at right now, but I also, I just don't know where he's going to get the value from. Where is he going to get these touches that get him into the end zone and score those fantasy points in that way? Yeah. Yeah, we're talking 110 touches last year between rushing and receiving. It's not, and I know Devin Singletary takes a lot of work. Devin Singletary is going to take some work from Damian Pierce. Hey, tell everybody that's what Devin Singletary does. You look at the Buffalo Bills running back depth chart, we got James Cook, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray. You know who looked great in a Buffalo Bills uniform, Nate? Zonovan Knight, who was released by the New York Jets. I would love to see Bam Knight playing for the Buffalo Bills. I love Bam Knight. I'd love to see him get him sh- get a shot. If I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'd love him over Damian Harris. I'd love him over crusty old ass Latavius Murray. You know, <laughs> but look, the fact of the matter is Damian Harris, a good goal line back. Latavius Murray yep. has shown a very good goal line back throughout his career as well. The question is, is James Cook going to get the receiving work? I don't know. I'm off of him. Chev, I completely agree with you. I'm going to take Zach Charbonnet over him. I'm going to take Antonio Gibson over him. Nate, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I don't hate uh, the value of James Cook right now, kind of like Chev said, um, especially compared to last year around this time. He was so overvalued, and we, we yeah. called that out. And now I think he's better valued. Unfortunately, like you guys are talking about, I like guys around him better at that point. I like – I think there's better values around him. I think – I don't think he's a bad value there if, you know, he's the last guy in that tier. I don't mind picking up because there is some upside there, especially because I don't believe Damian Harris is a huge threat to take on a huge workload. Um, He's going to steal some goal line carries for sure. And that's, I think, what's going to hurt James Cook the most. I'm like, so it comes down to, is he going to get that receiving work between the 20s? 
I don't know how much Josh Allen's going to throw down. Devin Singletary did get a decent amount of receiving work himself. So I think there's potential there for him still to be like a top 30 running back, um, you know, as long as he's healthy and he gets that work. But I would much rather have some of these guys around him. So I'm here with you, with you, Chef. It's kind of almost like the same thing with like Jalen Hurts and all these other running backs in Philly. Like you just know Jalen Hurts, if he has the opportunity to rush it in, he's going to rush it in. He's not just going to throw the ball away. So Mm -hmm. that's just where it really hurts these running backs. And in Philly, there's just so many backs that they can choose from at this point. But these these rushing QBs, man, when they get in that 20 yard range, like they're going to do their best to get in the end zone any way that they can. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm worried that James Cook, his stat line is going to look like. 45 yards, two catches for 17. And that's going to sure. net you, what, like eight, eight, eight fantasy points in your flex spot? Mm-hmm. You could do better with Tyler Boyd in your flex spot, probably. And if you look at a guy like Damian Harris, too, we're chasing his 2021 season. 929 yards, 15 touchdowns. And he caught 18 balls for 132 yards. But aside from that, Damian Harris has just kind of been an average run-of-the-mill running back, just a guy who's super replaceable. And he's coming off a year where he had some soft tissue injuries, hamstring strain, he missed a game, three games he missed for a thigh strain too. So that's definitely something that can be concerning. You know, he is um, almost 27, so he's hitting that running back cliff real soon. But uh, I know, I know, I know, it's terrible. But um, before we get into mine, let's take a minute and hear a word from our sponsors. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So let's talk about the running back. I am avoiding that is Seattle Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker. So check out his ADP DLF. He's running back 13 and keep trade cut. He's running back 12. He did finish the 2022 season as running back 18. So I think he'll get up there towards what he's valued at right now. I don't know. So why am I avoiding him? It appears as though Seattle's gearing up to pass more, as they should. Geno Smith showed that he could support more than one wide receiver. They got JSN now. And they brought in Charbonnet to open up the screen game. Okay. Although I think Kenny <laughs> McIntosh probably better receiving back than Zach Charbonnet. I think a running back 18, I think that's kind of his ceiling in this offense right now. His snaps could be limited. His value on DLF is 375.6. It's close to that of a 24 first, which is 403.8. And look, the 24 running back class, it's looking quite studly at the moment. We got Travion Anderson, Rocket Sanders, Braylon Allen, and there's going to be other guys in there too. I can't think of them all off the top of my head, but there's going to be guys that pop off between now and then that we, you know, may not be as educated on. So, you know, there's guys that I'm going to be looking at instead of Kenneth Walker, guys like Ramondre Stevenson. His value is 307.2. If you're competing, Joe Mixon, mm. whose value is only 166.1, and you can get plus assets on top of it. You could even try to use a guy like Kenneth Walker to tear up to a guy like Saquon Barkley. I'm not sure. I think that would be hard to do. There's going to be other pieces involved there. It depends what the other team's looking like. But uh, you could definitely try. I'd love to, If I could turn Kenneth Walker and then add to it and somehow get um, Saquon Barkley, I will do it. And of course, you know, I've beat this drum to death. If I could turn Kenneth Walker into Miles Sanders plus, I would do that as well. And I just yep. worry about his long-term viability with Charbonnet getting drafted so highly the year after him. You know, we're seeing that running back is really replaceable in the NFL. I mean, within a couple of years, it's sad. So I'll take any of these running backs as a solution over him. Nate, Chev, Nate, we'll start with you. Agree or disagree? 
I agree. You know, I love Kenneth Walker, and it's a shame that this is the situation we're in because he's still extremely talented. Um, but I kind of agree with what you have to say. You know, his ceiling at this point kind of feels like a high-end RB2 um, with the volume that's going to be headed his way with Charbonnet there plus the passing game going up. So I, I do have to move off of him for guys like Stevenson who are, you know, I'm not worried about Ezekiel Elliott taking a ton of touches away from Ramondre Stevenson. And even if he does, you know, I, I hope that helps out Stevenson's efficiency. And even if his uh, volume goes down, he's still going to give me probably better stats than Kenneth Walker, especially with Zach Charbonnet taking that receiving work, which we talked about over this podcast as being so important for the running backs. Chef? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you guys. You know, this could have all changed if Zach Charbonnet went to a different team. We would be loving both of yeah, these guys absolutely. a little bit more than what they are right now. It's just a headache at this point, especially adding JSN. I, you know, it's just hard to get super excited about Kenneth Walker. I, I mean, he's going to have some good weeks, I feel like. He's going to have great yep. weeks, and there's going to be weeks where you're like, man, where the hell did he go? So that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm in the same boat as you guys. You know, Ramondre, he's all in the passing game. I mean, there were so many games last year where he had five or six catches and a, a TD. I mean, that that's going to win you some weeks over. Ken Walker maybe getting 13 touches and 57 yards and one touchdown. Like, he might not just be consistent enough for you if you were counting on him to be one of your top running backs. Yeah, he could end up being touchdown dependent. We don't want that. Touchdown dependency is not great unless it's the standard scoring, in which case, go for yeah. it. So uh, before we go, let's talk about just briefly before we head out, what is your approach to handcuffing running backs? I mean, for me, it's pretty easy. Um, I want a handcuff who I think has some also standalone value. Like, you know, somebody who if I have him, I don't feel like I'm wasting a roster space having this guy where, you know, back in the day, having Ezekiel Elliott's backup was kind of useless because Zeke didn't yeah. miss a lot of games and his backups were just kind of mid, as the youth say. So I want somebody who I think is going to give me some standalone value, someone uh, maybe even like a Roshan Johnson, something like a Devin Singletary, guys of that ilk. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. would be a good one. You like ilk? I, like I could ilk. throw that out there more. Like you that. know, so having someone like Chuba Hubbard might not be a good handcuff to have because I think Miles Sanders is going to have a good three-down role. Um, that's kind of mine. You know, it's I just don't like wasting roster spots. I really don't. So do they have standalone value? Do I think they're going to get some decent playing time? Chev, what about you? What is your philosophy? Yeah, I want guys that are going to catch passes. If they're going to be a handcuff, I want them mm -hmm. to be PPR handcuffs where Jarek McKinnon finishes RB20 something last season and he was valuable. He scored nine touchdowns last year. He's a guy that you knew was going to be a part of the offense wasn't Isaiah Pacheco being on those early downs, wasn't Clyde Edwards, but he finds ways to make, make plays happen to get in the end zone. So I'm always looking for guys that have good roles in the passing game. Also, you know, if you have, if you see guys with these soft tissue injuries, I mean, sometimes these soft tissue injuries come back to, to haunt you if you try to come back too early. So maybe trying to snag some of those guys that are handcuffs to those players could be helpful. I haven't done it. I don't look really too much into that, but that could be a thought. Yeah. Nate, what about you? Yeah, so with handcuff running backs, I usually don't actively go after handcuffs. Mm -hmm. I play a very uh, fragile running back approach where I'm just like, I'm going to go grab whoever I can at value and then just hope they make it. If they don't make it, then I'm screwed anyway. <laughs> so 
Um, I, I don't usually go after running backs handcuffs, but if I'm offered like a pick swap, like say I have Austin Eckler and someone's like, Hey, you give me your third round pick and I'll give you Josh Kelly and a fourth. I'll do that because then when I'm playing my fragile build, if Austin Eckler gets hurt, at least I have Josh Kelly to give me 30% of the production um, because I probably don't have much depth myself, but I don't think anyone should really be overpaying for handcuffs unless like you guys said, they have some standalone value can catch those passes. Um, one deep sleeper handcuff possibly look at that fits that criteria is Ty Chandler with the Vikings. Um, it sounds like he might be getting a, a decent bit of the receiving work in that backfield. So we'll have to keep an eye on that because he might be someone to pick up after the first couple of weeks of waivers. Surprised you didn't remind me that Dwayne McBride got released today. Yeah. No. Confirming validation. He'll be back. He will be back. NFL superstar, possibly. There you go. I love that. I hope he plays for the DC. Gonna be the Derrick Henry of XFL. Hell yeah. Baby, sign me up. (laughs) All right. So before we hear from our new sponsor, RotoWire, I just want to remind everybody if you could subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And let's hear from RotoWire. At Rotowire, they realize that not all cheat sheets are created equal. Your league is unique, so your cheat sheet should be too. With Rotowire's custom rankings, you can adjust your cheat sheet based on your league's specific rules, roster settings, and scoring system for both snake and auction drafts, which I struggle with. This is fantastic. And this season, Rotowire is offering a free two day trial to our listeners. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash rewind. No credit card. No need to cancel. Just check out everything they have to offer for two days and decide which subscription plan might fit your needs. As a matter of fact, in the amount of time it took me to read this, you could have signed up. So make sure you go ahead and do it now. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for us this week. But if you're headed to a game, make sure you check out SeatGeek.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things live events. It offers the best price available. Use the promo code DYNASTYREWIND. You'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Don't forget, if you want to play some best ball, head on over to Underdog. It's the easiest buy-in in fantasy football. And it's not having to worry about setting your lineups, man. That's what it's all about. So, again, underdog.com. Use the promo code REWIND. A 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Visit our store over at payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind. That's where you find our roster reviews. That's where you find all of our manuals and everything like that. Head on over there now. Grab some merch at spreadshop.com. Link is down below. And we want to see you in our community. And that is patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. But... Until next time, everybody, for my faithful co-hosts, Chev Nooney and Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind, please rewind. Thank you for listening.